Hello and welcome everyone to another live episode of the Cultured Nerd Podcast. This episode, episode 31, we're going to talk about Hollywood being on strike. This, uh, the news uh, just a few days ago, SAG after officially joined the WGA on strike. So essentially, all of the working talent in Hollywood now, aside from the producing guild, is now on strike. So we're going to talk about this, what it's going to mean to, uh, in the basic sense, what the layman's can get from it, what everyone else understands from it. The, the core issue at hand, why everyone's striking, and what exactly it's going to mean to the rest of us who now are going to be out of content for a while. But um, again, it's for a good reason. So we're going to talk about all of it and bear with us while we run it all down for you. Right, so the strike went into effect a few days ago, and it's been a weird few days <laughs> already. Uh, did you notice? I mean, I, I I feel like you are so on top of things. Has the breaking news slowed down? Oh, 100%. I'm seeing people now um, talking about and leaking old news and trying to play it off as current stuff or... They're trying to say, oh, this is the new headline, but it's from like a few months ago. Like the well has dried up because everything is stopped. And it's going to be now, very interesting to see what happens in the coming weeks when it keeps drying up. You told me the touch posts we want to hit and we will. And I would like a breakdown of these big points. But the thing that comes top of mind, what happens with Deadpool 3? Uh, it's, it's currently shut down. Uh, every movie that was currently filming that is not already completed is now on indefinite hold. So they don't know when the movie is going to start, but we lost a ton of projects just right off the bat. Let me go ahead and there's even a, a growing list uh, right now of since the SAG-AFTRA uh, project went down uh, three days ago. Uh, these are the films that are now currently on hold. Okay, uh, The Amateur, Avatar 3, Avatar 4, Beetlejuice 2, A Complete Unknown, The Conjuring, Last Rites. Deadpool 3, Fantastic Four, Gladiator 2, It Ends With Us, Juror Number 2, Lilo and Stitch, Minecraft, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 2, Mortal Kombat 2, Mufasa, The Lion King, Paddington in Peru, Superman Legacy, Twisters, Bad Boys 4, um, Joe Kaczynski, Kaczynski is doing some Apple TV project that's unknown, it's uh, currently in hold. Uh, Venom 3, Wicked, and Wolves. And for the shows that have completely halted right now, we have The Alien Show on FX, American Horror Story uh, on FX, um, American Horror Stories on FX. Apparently there's two different stories shows now. Apple's Neville Fall on Peacock, The Day of the Jackal on Peacock, Emily in Paris on Netflix, Interview with a Vampire on AMC, and Netflix's and DC's The Sandman Season 2. Those are all on hold officially right now but pretty much everything else that was currently filming whether we knew about it or not is on hold it's such a it's such a shot in the heart because as everyone listens to that list first off a third of that list are movies that were probably never going to see the light of day right <laughs> like they stopped filming they're never going to see the light of day right some of those shows were supposed to be done by now i'm pretty sure 
Like, I feel like Sandman was a show that they were already talking about and like getting the hype machine for. Yeah. Uh, Taylor, do any of these, do any of these shows not survive because of this? Like sometimes with new shows, there's a momentum that gathers and you're like, okay, well I'll catch season two. Some of these shows are going to be dead in the water now. That's a real thing that I think people don't realize. So to kind of put it in perspective, just overall perspective, um, Heroes season two back in the early 2000s was one of those shows that was in the middle of filming when the writer's strike of 08 kicked in. When that happened, they had to halt production and then when they were able to continue production, they couldn't do 90% of what they wanted to do. So they had to wrap up the show very, very abruptly, which caused the show to completely fumble the ball and just kind of like hit, hit a brick wall. Same thing with Lost. Lost season three happened. Then the writer's strike happened. And then four, five, and six were all condensed seasons. And they were just running through the motions at that point. So you have a lot of a lot of productions that did survive it. But one of the biggest fatalities of the last writer's strike was Justice League Mortal. Yeah. Now, this project was directed by George Miller, produced by Dan Lin and a few other handful of uh, talented folks. This project had its cast, had its crew, had its filming dates, had its pre-production, had its costume fittings. They literally were down, ready to go with a $220 million budget. Filming was set to start in February of 08, and they were ready to go. But as soon as the writer's strike kicked in, in January 08, Warner Brothers had to kill the project because they could not afford to make it happen due to the writer strike. So the show literally died, and with it, the first multiversal story that was about to come out. Because most people don't realize this movie was going to come out while the Nolan trilogy was still happening. And this project was going to introduce the Justice League first and then branch off into solo films, and it was going to touch in on the, the multiverse level of DC, something that was pre-MCU even, because this was before Iron Man 1 even came out. So they were ready to go right off the bat with a huge, huge shared universe, and the writer's strike killed it. How does... Okay, so I asked about Deadpool 3. So Deadpool 3 allots its money, right, to shoot per days. The, it all gets put up, it all gets shut down. Everyone goes home. What does this do to a budget? Does it inflate it because you do you have to make up these days, or does it just kick over to the next pay period? I don't even know how it works. You know, it's it's always one of those tricky things because it sometimes does and sometimes doesn't, um, depending on how the project was going. So Deadpool 3 was one of those projects that even though the writer strike kicked in they still kept trugging along. They basically said, we're going to keep filming. We're just not going to have our on-set writers. So we can't do any, we can't do any ad-libbing. We have to run by the script that we approved. It's cut and dry. Here we go. They were supposedly supposed to already be done as done filming. They kept going, still were filming and now it's shut down. So maybe they have enough of the film so where they can justify, Hey, we'll come back to it and finish it. Uh, they're probably going to have very lengthy pickups later when this does come back into effect. But, I see Deadpool being one of the few projects that does survive this properly. Yeah, and you know what's so funny is if they weren't if they weren't letting Ryan Reynolds ad lib, those shoots might have gone faster and maybe the action scenes are a little tighter because they spent a little bit more time in fight choreography. Yep. But you're right, you can't do ADR, so whatever you got in the can, but how much of did they get? You know, I know you're a big Zack Snyder 
fan, what happens with part two? I mean, I'm sure a lot of that is filmed, but where are we with his space epic? Were they still well, shooting? From my understanding, he hadn't started part two yet. They were still Ooh. on post-production of part one. Um, we will see what happens. I mean, it is very possible that post-production of part one now has to be on hold because they can't do anything. Because a lot of the members of that cast and crew are part of the Screen Actors Guild and Writers Guild. So regardless of if you're part of the Producers Guild or the Directors Guild, if you're part of those other guilds, you're stuck. And that, that puts you in a very weird spot. And that movie's so far along as well. It's it's yeah. getting down to the nitty gritty. But so the, and on May 2nd of this year, that's when the writer's strike kicked in. And, and we're now in the middle of July. And it's still going. And there was an article that came through from Deadline a few days ago that the that the studios were literally ready to play hardball and just screw these writers over and say, hey, we're just going to let this sit out until October until they start losing their mortgages, start losing their homes, and then they will come agree to whatever the hell they want. And that is what kicked in sag afters team to basically say, nah, we're not doing this shit. We're going to back them. And I saw this, this meme today. This It was like this little clip. It was fantastic. And it showed the Battle of Helm's Deep from Lord of the Rings. We have Aragorn and all them. They were all like, oh my God, oh my God, uh, we're losing, we're losing. And then they're all like labeled like, oh, Writers Guild, Writers Guild. And then Gandalf pops up and it says Fran Drescher and the SAG, uh, SAG-AFTRA. And it's like, I'm here to save you. And it like that's essentially what happened was that they came in, told the Producers Guild, the, the AMPTP, the Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television Producers, that no, we are not going to make any deals until the Writers Guild is also at the table. They, they are refusing to, to even humor an idea of going back to work without the writers, which is amazing solidarity on their part. Taylor, what does, I mean, I, I mean, I want to get into the dirty because the, there's weird back and forth on this. It's a little, you know, in hindsight, it's surprising that the SAG didn't go on strike with the writers to begin with, because yeah. I feel like that politicking made this now go on longer. Um, 100%. What does the rest of the year look like then? I mean, what projects are done? Do we get a, like, we get the Star Wars show? We get the, I mean, what is done? That's the big question of the hour. I mean, what is done? Because um, at this point, thing, I think don't a lot of people don't realize that a lot of these Hollywood projects today are almost as as strong and and fragile as projects back in the eighties were, where you had like stories of how Ghostbusters was filming its doing its post production and its VFX up until nine days before the film had to be screened for people. So that's literally how it tends to go. And especially with TV shows, people don't realize when the first episode goes out of a show, they're still working on the third episode or the fourth episode. Taylor, that does not give me hope. That means that trailers we've just seen, those shows might not see air this year? Possibly. If the shows aren't done, they're stuck. And that's kind of just the nature of the beast for some of these things. So, so to kind of go into it, so to recap, the Writers Guild strike was caused by the lack of agreement between the WGA and the AMTP. Their concern was compensation for writers from residuals in the advent of streaming. And this was something that a lot of people don't realize is a huge issue. Because, say Netflix, for instance. Netflix will come in and they will license a TV show off of Warner Brothers, off of Universal, off of Paramount, or whoever they're licensing from. 
And that gives a, a one-time licensing fee and the residuals from that licensing fee, 30 bucks or so, kick back to the actor, kick back to the writer, whatever. They get a small check. Oh, WB just licensed our show. And then the show makes millions upon millions of revenue for Netflix. And WB doesn't get that revenue. Netflix is the only one that gets that revenue because that's how they operate. And that's how it goes for almost every streaming platform. They, they use creative licensing. They use creative know-how to kind of screw everyone out of the picture except for the people who are currently running it. And that's something that they're free that they're like, no, this is not fair because if you're making X amount of money off of a show that we were we created for you, we well, should get compensation. And one of the things that came out with these actors, they are very worried about what is going to happen with their likenesses. And yes. there was a po not a policy, but a plan put forth of wanting to scan extras. Oh, so yeah. you you would get paid a day rate of you know two hundred bucks or whatever, and then they could use your scanned avatar for background work for as much as they would want to. There are many people in this town that that is their full time job being background, and that is in that is a gig that they are able to make a living off of. Mm -hmm. This would literally do away with all of that. That would just right. say, nope, you work one day a year, go back to being a plumber. Yeah, and so. This is something that I actually posted about a couple of days ago. I put a reel on the Instagram. Uh, it was the announcement that they said um, that essentially part of the deals that were brought up to them was, hey, uh, for all background extras, they will do a one-time flat fee, like you said, and then they will be scanned in, and then the likeness is now owned by the studio. And not only that, is if enough likenesses are owned by the studio, the AI can generate new extras from multiple likenesses from multiple people, which is which is Skynet, right? I mean, that's what they're well, basically it, like. It's, yeah, it means that the movies will be filled with, you know, the people in the baseball stands will be amalgamations of actual human beings. But none yeah. of those people are going to see any money. If one third of your likeness is in a movie, they'll say, well, that's a made up thing. You don't own any of that. Oh, that guy right there. He's got my nose and ears, but he's got Michael's face. Like, yeah, so that's, that's not a, that's a known that's an unknown entity. Yeah, exactly. And that's what they were trying to do. And the the, the Screen Actors Guild because the writers were like, hey, we wanted our residuals. We also don't like the idea of AI filling in the gaps for us. We don't want that. Yeah, they want to use they want to use AI to work on script prompts, which they could then hand to a writer and say, Great, this is uh Iron Man versus Beetlejuice. We had an AI come up with it. You fill in what actually happens in it. Because that's right. the other thing that they want to do. And then those people won't get credit for working on the idea because they didn't come up with it. A robot you, came up with it. And this is something that Disney in particular is especially dirty at right now. Because for most people who don't realize it, all of these movies that have been uh, the live action remakes of like Lion King and Aladdin and all these things, they are almost one for one remakes of the originals. But because the template is already there, the only people that are getting credit for writing these scripts are the new people that are doing the minor adjustments to make them two hours long instead of 90 minutes. So you're saying John Favreau is the only one that's getting credit for that Lion King movie? If he was the lead writer, sure. Okay. But he wasn't. He, the, whoever the lead writer was took the script from the original guy from the early 90s, fleshed out a handful of scenes, a lot of it. Apparently, even some of the dialogue that they recorded for the original movie was still reused in that movie. I saw, yeah, I saw a side-by-side, -side and they were matching literally... 
James Earl Jones is too old. They didn't have yeah. him redo all the lines. They just used the lines from the first movie. Exactly. So a lot of the, the concerns were things like that, right? And you had you had like with Lucasfilm and how they did the, the, the Luke Skywalker and the Darth Vader stuff for their more recent shows. And from my understanding, they did get permission. They did pay residuals for those likenesses. Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill got paid for the young Luke stuff. James Earl Jones still got the checks for Obi-Wan Kenobi, even though he didn't record a cent. A single instance of that Obi-Wan Kenobi show was not recorded. It was because, all done by AI voice. Because they are alive. And that's the other thing. Because I feel like once, you know, sadly, our heroes are going to die someday. And the people that we enjoy in these movies will no longer be with us anymore. Mm -hmm. Right? What happens then? Does Mark Hamill just live in the computer as Luke Skywalker and his family doesn't see that money? Because it's technically not him because it's a, a ghost from the computer. And that's the thing. So a lot of the, the people that are making these strikes are basically saying, no, if you're going to do stuff like this, you have to pay the estates what the rate was. You have to, whoever is the guarantor of the family, whoever is guarantor of his accounts, that person has to get paid for the work that you're now making out of nothing. And that's one of the many arguments that are occurring right now. Uh, I have, okay. How does this, does this affect video game world? Because it is, this year is an amazing, this is an amazing year for video games. And I think that you're going to see the biggest video game sales in a long time. I think people are going to go be playing all of these games coming out the end of this year. 100%. Um, so to kind of get back, so we'll talk about that exactly in a second. So when SAG after put in their strike, they were caused... Uh, their strike was caused by the lack of a contract between SAG-AFTRA and the AMPTP. Again, the same arguments the WG had, the regulation and residuals of uh, streaming and the regulation of um, additions. So they had some, some concerns that, okay, they recorded one edition, so now that edition is, belongs to whoever it is. Like it, it could just be passed from person to person, and you don't even know who's getting the edition anymore. You're just you're getting calls from random studios because, oh, Joe... I recorded audition for one show. I hand it to my buddy and so on. Like it, it, there was, you got, you get basically kicked out of the audition period because, Oh, I already saw your tape. You're not good enough for me. Like they're just like, they're not cool with how that's going. Right. Mm. It's like a studio getting one resume and just handing it to all their friends and everyone's just blanketly saying, didn't like it. Move on. Sure. Um, another issue. Um, obviously the artificial intelligence issue, um, the ability to scan actors faces to generate performance digitally huge issue with them um there's even some concern today that they are saying that if the if the studios had their way and did what they wanted to do the actual role of an actor would be dead within the next five to ten years because they could just do whatever they wanted in any capacity and that's a real thing that they're trying to prevent right now um it's so weird that hollywood has been this industry based on people and the moment they can just have avatar puppets they want them so badly the moment they yeah. don't have to worry about the actions of a star or a starlet anymore they're so down mm -hmm. and mind you i remember when we were younger right when uh back in 04 05 a similar uh boycott of hollywood not a full strike but a full a similar issue came up when that uh, movie final fantasy the spirits within came out when the movie came out they, everyone was like, what the hell? We're getting now photorealistic CGI. This is an issue. And they kind of made the same argument. Like, if you're going to make a show, 
you have to, in full CJ, you cannot use the likeness of an actual person. You have to generate a fully unique person. And that was some of the issues that they had back then, but now it's also coming to bite them in the ass as well, where the studios are like, well, we could just do that. We could just scan the internet, get all the faces we want, because Facebook owns every photo that anyone ever publishes. Instagram owns every right. photo that anyone publishes. The studio gets the database of the images from those companies. They can just generate people for nothing, right? And they'll sell it to them. I mean, one of those studios, I mean, we're talking a billion dollar contract to be able to get yep. that data, but they'll get it from somebody. Somebody will give yep. them that access. Yeah. So the SAG after went on strike and with it, uh, they're no longer allowed to, to film any movies or TV shows. Uh, no press or press junkets for any films or TV shows in the process. Apparently, even the Oppenheimer uh, cast was at a premiere in the UK. And when the, uh, the the clock hit and the strike went into effect, they all walked out. Taylor, we you talk so much about supporting projects that you like. Does this just, I mean, Warner Brothers has had a terrible slate this year. These movies have been getting terrible press. Now... They can't even promote the movies with the cast. I mean, what? Ha I mean, what happens to the next three DC projects? Well, there's only two left for the rest of the year, and those projects were already kind of DOA anyways. Mm. I mean, everyone already kind of assumed that Blue Beetle was going to be one of those, like, okay, it happened and, it's, and moving on. And Aquaman 2, Aquaman 2 could probably survive off of the heels of the first one because the audiences love that one. But we'll see. Because the fans on Twitter, the film Twitter, thinks that the movie is dead in the water as well. So this could be almost the complete justification that a studio would need to fully reboot a franchise. Just because of what's going on right yeah, now? Because it's all everything's dying, and that's it. And they're like, okay, well, I guess now we can't even do any of the other things that we want to do within this universe. So when 2026 comes along, or 2025 comes along, and soon as this stuff ends in six months or whatever, and we can start filming our next project, we'll start with the two projects that are already ready to go, which is Superman and Batman. And that's where they'll just have to go. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, but... I mean, I those have, to... that has to be it, right? I mean, that's exactly what Gunn's going to work on, because the moment he can hit the ground, that's supposed to, to be... to go back to work. Yeah, yeah, and that's supposed to be the centerpiece. You know, that's supposed to be the thing that sets up everything else. So you got to get that out there. And maybe even faster than Batman. Yeah, I mean, because the Batman 2 was already starting pre-production, and now it's stopped. And they're not yep. expecting to start filming in, in January like they originally planned. Um, but to kind of put into context, when you're on strike, they've also the SAG has also sent out members uh, some details of what they cannot do on social media as well. And this was kind of surprising. Um they're not allowed to do any costume pics of anything that they were currently filming. So Ryan Reynolds cannot post a single picture from the set of Deadpool 3. Simple as that. Um, no demo reels, uh, no additions, anything like that. That can't happen. You cannot post about any show or project that you're working on that is about to come out on theaters or TV. You cannot post about any past shows or mm. projects on TV or theater. That's weird. Yep, and I understand. I understand why, but that's a that's a weird one. Yeah, you it says you literally have to turn off your inner promotional machine for now. Don't worry, we'll be back. But for now, sit tight. So you cannot do anything. You can basically post pictures of your dog, and they can now start being people and not marketing machines. 
So but what that... if, but Ke- but if Kevin Bacon made reference to the time he was in the movie My Dog Skip, that's a no no. He no-no. can't. He can't do that. Okay, so things that are allowed, SAG after is allowed because they have made some some projects that are okay. Uh, commercial television can still exist. You can still do commercials because they're uh, commercials on television, radio, and digital media, including the influencer agreement and cameo business agreement. Those can still exist in certain capacities. Yeah, and it means that those contracts within commercial world have been able to keep up. I, I don't think they're – commercials today do not pay as much as a commercial 30 years ago, but I guess right. they've been able to keep up in terms of keeping that industry happy. Right. Um, television programs covered by the network TV code, soap operas, variety shows, talk shows, and game shows, all can continue. And that is something that I thought was very interesting because when I saw that, I also saw, I think, uh, CBS put out their fall TV slate and it was all game shows. It was all reality TV. It was all game shows. It was no more scripted content listed for fall. We're going to be seeing celebrities play Monopoly. We're going to be seeing... Bingo extravaganza. We're going to see the Kardashians in the four. I mean, it's just going to be, right? It's going to be a ton of that. Is that really what they slated? It's pretty pretty ridiculous. I mean, there's a few more things that they also slated that I'm going to talk about in a minute too, because it now is also going to add some more wrinkles to the whole argument. Okay. Um, sound recordings, music videos, interactive video game agreements, a corporate educational and non-broadcast are all allowed. So certain aspects of video games can move forward. So to answer your question from before, depending on the type of project it was, depending on the level of SAG influence, some of it can still happen. So things like Spider-Man still going to continue. Uh, production on certain games still going to continue. But it really depends on who's making it, how it's being produced, and what it's being for. Uh, I wonder if this affects... Uh, you, I know you talked about Mortal Kombat filming, but that video game is Warner Brother Games, and I wonder where they fall in all of this as well. Uh, technically, it's already done enough to where they can just finish it. Okay, okay, that's okay, that's nice. Yeah, I mean the movies, the game is due to come out like what in like ninety less than ninety days, pretty soon. So yeah, it's already essentially internally gone gold. They're just finishing the rest of it, which okay. is fantastic because that team has been they're very good at like announcing something and then coming out with it just a few months later. That's yes. how they've always operated. Um, where was I at? Uh, program station contracts, broadcast news can continue. Television and news media animation can continue. Dubbing, audiobooks, short project agreement can continue. Micro-budget projects, student film agreements, independent films, independent pro- uh, podcast agreements, micro-monetized podcast agreements, and SAG after approved interim agreement. So, but if you do an um, independent movie, you can't promote it, right? Like you could do the movie, but then you, you can't. can't. You you actually can because it is independent film. Okay, because it's an independent film. It's not studio based, and it's not licensed by the Producers Guild. It's independent. So you could see a lot of these people just say, "Let's go. Let's let's do what Ben Affleck said in uh, Chasing Amy. Let's just make a bunch of films that we love. Let's do a bunch of like." One for us, one for them. No more them. It's just one for us. Everyone do one for us. Get your your creative your creativeness out there. And then people will start to realize that the studios and their model kind of suck. I <laughs> I do want to say that, you know, your if you have a favorite actor that you like, they are going to be probably a Patreons and premium podcasts or maybe YouTube channels or independent movies. Go support those projects because their paydays from Hollywood's are going to go away for 
at least the next six months? I mean, I don't know. They said they want to see them lose their houses. I'm pretty sure that was yeah. Bob Iger. That's who said it, that piece of shit. Bob Iger. You Taylor, know, he, I got to tell you about Disneyland as well. Continue talking, but I got to tell you about Disneyland. So when Bob Iger came back, a lot of people said, okay, at least he's not Bob Chapek because Chapek sucked. But Bob Iger came in and essentially just became the the lesser of the evils, but still a greater evil. He was like, it's like, I guess the best way to kind of put it in Lord of the Rings nerd terms was Bob Chapek was essentially like Morgoth and Bob Iger is Sauron. Like one is the devil and one is Hitler. No matter right. what you're losing. Like, sure. It's, it's sure. pretty bad. Sure. <laughs> um, so uh, it's kind of like, oh my God. Bob Iger says he wants to cancel TV. What does that mean, Taylor? What does that mean? Like they're going to get out of ESPN and stuff like that? Or they're not like the Disney Channel goes away? You know, God, I wish I could understand the logic of some of these people because shit like that worries the hell out of me. But um, I'm going to, I sent you a link right now. I'm going to pull it up on the screen as well, just so that you can pass it to your friends as well, because it's something that I want people to be aware of. So a few days back, um, yeah, a few days back, um, I'm fumbling over my words trying to get my computer to pull up what I wanted to. Uh, Business Insider put out, why I hate those ads that pop up to take up half your screen. Um, they put up an article called uh, How to Support SAG Afro and the WGA Strike. Streaming TV shows, going to theaters doesn't uh, cross the picket. So basically, how do you support the people that you care about? Like right now, they're all being funneled. Uh, no no money is coming their way. They're basically living off of what they have and that's it. But each of these unions do have impact groups. They have donation firms. They can actually, uh, like sag After has the Emergency Financial Assistance mm. and Disaster Relief Fund website, while WGA has the Goods and Welfare Emergency Assistance Loans for its writers. And then each of them do have the Entertainment Community Fund. So they're telling people like, hey, if you do want to support these people, the creative arts that you support, not the big big corporations, not the the Mr. Moneybags, the Scrooge McDucks that kind of run everything, but the actual artists, the actual writers, there are ways to support these people. Essentially, like professional Patreons that like create funds and loans and things like that for these people so that they can survive. So that's definitely something that a lot of people should be aware of that those those do exist. I wonder, you know, we're going to lose some people to this industry and they'll go out and become independent creators. Um, I also wonder if there'll be a problem where we lose, like demographically, we're just going to lose people that can't afford to stay in this business. Do they go to other, do they go to other professions or is it just nepotism? So it's only rich people's kids who can afford to live in LA, right? Like what, what, I mean, that's my other fear about this is like, who are the people that are going to be able to afford to wait this out? Not enough, to be honest. And that's why you see a lot of these actors who are donating to these funds to keep the writers afloat and why the actors are saying, we're not signing until the writers get signed. Cause originally the producers guild, the studios are basically saying, we could just wait out the writers. We can do whatever the hell we want. But soon as the actors came in the the those entities were like hey actors we need to make a deal we need to make a deal we have to work with you and now they're like nope you got to work with them first so now i feel like what the what they did was basically force the conversation that they were going to wait till october to have to happen now 
and it basically put all of the power into the writers, which is probably the best thing they could have done. Is they, the SAG after group, put themselves on the line in a way to help the writers get what they deserved, which was, like I said at the beginning, amazing solidarity because these actors know exactly what they are without the writers, and they know that the writers are underappreciated, and the studios can or we'll, we'll try to play dirty, but it's a harder game when you have nobody. <clears throat> <coughs> Excuse me. I keep thinking about the world and circles that you run in of people going to conventions, promoting projects, interviewing them, finding out that information. I wonder what replaces that. I wonder what these, I wonder what people will pivot into supporting because the projects are not going to happen. There will be no news and we're going to be recycling things for a while, or it'll be this reality shows, I guess. I hope not, <clears throat> but maybe it'll actually be real reality shows, not the scripted reality shows that we all know. Cause they can't do that now. I mean, so. it's gonna, it's all gonna be love shows. I don't understand. Like, if you don't have a script, like, what else can you make people do is fall in love and put them on dates? What's gonna be interesting is so, Comic Con, San, San Diego Comic Con is starting this Thursday. And no, and I mean, most, most of it has already been announced. Uh, almost every panel, everything has all been straight up like, hey, we have to cancel this, we have to cancel this. If you paid for photo ops, you gotta cancel those. Uh, literally, I've been looking at it. The only things that are continuing are the actual comic book stuff. So, Taylor, I, I, I'm going to let you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we read Comic-Con goes out of business. I feel like this is something, this is a devastating blow to that. There's no way they're going to make their money back. Yeah. They're, they lost I mean, two-thirds of their audience. It, But the, the thing is, they pre-sold all their tickets. So the question is, are they going to refund these people? Or are they going to offer them like, hey, unfortunately, we can't refund you because of this lateness? Because most of these terms and conditions that you can't cancel within X amount of time, um, they could probably be like to offer a compensation. We will give you first go for tickets next year or something like they're going to have to do some sort of concession to make it up. OK, Taylor, let's put yourself like hardcore. Let's put yourself in those shoes. What do you want them to do? You bought your tickets. You bought your airplane ticket. You booked all of this stuff. What makes it right? Just to give you to literally you, nothing. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> like that's the thing is like, if you are a journalist uh, and you slated interviews, you slated panels, you slated all these things and you bought your hotel room, you can't, you can't cancel this stuff. And then you're told that everything is not happening and you, you can either bite the bullet and just lose the thousands of dollars you just spent. Most people won't do that. They'll just be pissed. Yeah. Mm. Like, that there's the uproar behind it is going to be insane. Well, do you think that this will maybe promote more of these, you know, all of these indie projects, you know, we're having on all of these creators that are making all this stuff. I feel like that's the stuff that is going to be able to happen still, but it's going to be on YouTube and it's going to be this kind of not professional layer because it can't get that bump. It's interesting because <clears throat> I agree. I think it's going to be a very unique time and hopefully they bounce back properly from it because there's no way around it that this is SAG after going into strike for the first time since what, the sixties or seven, like however long it's been. I believe, is, I believe it was the sixties. It's such a huge blow to the industry that 
Um, I, initially, they said that they conservatively thought that they could they could wait out the writers till October. I don't think it's going to be that long. I think that because of the 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 actors backing the writers now, the conversations are going to start probably yesterday, and they're going to try to get this shit. Yeah, I was as about to I was about to possible. ask you how much money are they losing? How much are the studios losing a money per day by having this stuff on hold? So to put it in perspective, they haven't put out exact numbers, uh, but it's in the billions, about, right? Yeah, let's talk about how much was lost in 2008, and then you can kind of just consider that whatever was in 2008 was probably 60% less than what it is now due to inflation. Um, they were on strike for, what, 100 days? 100 days total? Uh, they lost $2.1 billion, so roughly $20 million per day. And that was back in 08. I was gonna say inflation's so high. It's gotta be. It's this has gotta be close to a hundred billion dollars or something like that. At the, yeah. When everything's all said and done, I don't think it's at that level yet. But I keep thinking like it's all just lost revenue. It just is so much. It's just all not happening. What's what was interesting was that a lot of these people are pointing out some of the obvious ridiculous natures of this. So Bob Iger comes back, takes over Disney. And he gets paid his insane amount of money. The money he makes per one day is more than the average writer's salary for a year, which is why people are upset because they can say, okay, you, the entire top 1% of these companies can just cut their, their own wages to make themselves not multi-billionaires. They can still be billionaires and they can make it's easier for the people making them that way. This Disney part of it, I'm going to let you know that I just went to Disneyland and the fact that we had a friend that was able to get us in and save <laughs> us money on those tickets. Taylor, you are going to have to take out a small loan to take your family to Disneyland. Which no, means, I've actually, I've already talked to this friend. He said, next time I come into town, he's going to set me up with tickets as well. Taylor. Because I... I looked at how much it was and I'm like, oh my God, I can't afford this. Taylor, you have to spend 25 bucks per person to get lightning lanes, which is what fast passes used to be. And then to go on Star Wars Rise of the Resistance because you don't want to wait in the two and a half hour line, you then pay $25 per person. Then you go to the ride and the ride breaks on you when you're in the loading dock. They then come out, they walk just through an office building, Taylor, not like a cool Star Wars room. It looked like our high school. They walked us through a back thing and said, here's a fast pass that'll get you on another ride. There's no guarantee this ride is going to come back. It takes an hour for the ride's robot computer to boot up again anytime one of the sensors goes out. We then came back two hours later. The ride broke on us again, but they had us wait in the loading room, and then they got it back going again. That was a $100 extra fee on top of paying to get into the park, on top of lunch and everything like that. It is outrageous, and it is because so people are willing to pay those prices. Maybe I'm not understanding this because last time we went to Disneyland, uh, we went to Disneyland when I was 18. I think it was the last time that we went. Um, and you mentioned it before, but the the whole uh, the ride thing that we used to have, we just run up, put, get your little ticket and come back and then come back a few hours later. Um, do you have to pay per fast pass, per lightning pass? Yes. 
So everyone in your family wants a lightning pass. Great. That's 25 bucks a person. And then you can book things all day long. But then if you don't, like, let's say your window doesn't line up or you don't get a good time or something like that, you can pay X amount of dollars up to $25 to get a front of the line pass. So for my wife, my friend and myself to go and rise of the resistance, we paid an additional $75. And that's per ride per person. Oh my God. That's that, so Taylor, much that was the only ride we paid for everything else. We were able to use fast passes and different hour blocks, but even in doing that, there was no guarantee. The ride broke on us after we spent 80 bucks. It was, a, I, I, I don't understand who Disneyland is for. And I'm going to let you know, Taylor, the Dis, the Star Wars world there is amazing. It is huge. The only problem is it's not my Star Wars. Yeah. They didn't build any of the sets from my childhood. They built Rise. They built the new trilogy area. And it's like, okay, thanks. Because here's the deal. These things are going to go away and people are going to look for other experiences. You know what I mean? Yeah. Universal Studios, that's going to go up. I mean, you know what I mean? I, I wonder what other also related things are going to peak up because the content services, you know, Netflix is going to go make more deals. They made a deal with South Korea to start importing their content over. So I wonder if we start seeing HBO Max and BBC or you know what I mean? Like, who's going to make these content deals to find old content to rebrand to Americans? Are you ready to see something? Ready to hear something very interesting? Yeah. All right. So, I mean, aside from, I saw this, uh, Kenneth Branagh is directing the Gargoyles movie, which sounds amazing to me. <laughs> sounds that's amazing. Like, well, that's amazing. Sounds amazing. You got me. You won me right there. Uh, CBS announced today that SEAL Team, BBC's Ghosts, and Yellowstone are coming to their reworked fall schedule on cable TV. They're going to edit the wow. shit out of all of these shows and run them on TV. That is how they're going to survive this thing, is they're going to take their biggest streaming blockbusters, retool them, and put them on cable TV. You know what? I bet they're going to do – there's all that um... – to watch the amazing race without commercials, we paid for a premium Paramount, and th that comes with Showtime. I wonder if, like, Yellow Jackets sees a PG-13 version on television. 100%. Taylor, and that's what if Yellowstone blows up again? What if Yellowstone becomes the number one show on television? It will. You know it will, because it's yeah. an amazing show. But the thing is, what what makes this more insane to me is that these studios, uh, the, the actors, the Writers Guild, the, the sag after they're fighting the studios for residuals, and now they're putting those same shows on cable TV, where they already have rights to those residuals. Mm. They are, they are going to have to pay all of these people two or three times over by the time this is done because of all the, the ridiculous stuff that they're pulling right now. Wow. Do you think other studios are going to do that too? You think Universal they're gonna is, have to. They're going to start all of those exclusive um, Real Housewives seasons that have only been on Peacock. You think they show up on television? I, I'm willing to bet that any show that was previously syndicated will pop up back on TV again. Without question. I could, see, I could see TBS be like, oh, here's all of The Office again. Here's all of Parks and Recreation again. Here's all of every show that we've ever played again and it's just gonna like we're gonna see some fantastic tv back on tv but nothing new nothing new like we um, already know that ahead of the marvel's release 
Disney is putting Cap uh, Miss Marvel on ABC this fall. Right. So we know that's happening. Taylor, which is already one Disney Plus show now going to TV. That's is, going to be the beginning. Are there any TV channels that might fold because of this? Like, 100%. because like I think of a channel like FX, which is like better than cable, but it's not a premium service. It's right into that section. What happens if nobody watches a channel like that, like one of these B or C channels for a whole six months? A lot of those channels can still survive off of their streaming deals with other entities. Like FX is locked in with Hulu. Right, so but Disney, as- but Iker said he's he wants to get out of the TV game. So what happens yep. to that platform? Oh, no, he wants to get out of the TV game as in let the channels die, but have those networks continue producing content for the streaming. Okay. But, which is ironic that Bob is saying that he wants to get rid of TV. When you have even David Zaslav, the, the villain of the week right now, saying that physical media and movies and TV shows is where things need to be focused on, which is like they're each saying the opposite of each other and they're still messing it up. So it's going to be very Taylor, interesting place. Something you've talked about before is that these services don't have not released physical media forms. Do you think that when they lose the money from this, we might see some box sets for some shows that have never seen the light of day? 100%. 100%. I could see a proper 4K restoration of the Wonder Years finally happened. So magically, like, oh, we got the licensing to work. Here you go. I could see that happen. And Wonder Years is coming back, isn't it? Is it? Isn't there a new show of the Wonder Years? Oh, yeah. Well, there's the, the Black Family Wonder Years that's been out, but a lot of fans okay. aren't really taken to it. Sure, but but if there's but if but maybe there's eyes on that show because it's a, because it's a new show, so maybe maybe that'll bring the other one around. I don't know, Taylor. It's gonna get that. messy. It's gonna get messy. Well, I'll tell you this: you think we get a recut version of Suicide Squad for for Halloween for Christmas morning? I could see if this goes any further than it does. I could easily see that these these studios. They will do whatever they can to make things happen. And they will have to work within the constraints of not having the WGA or the sag after involved, which is pretty small, depending on what projects may actually exist. Um, but at the same time, you could also see the other unions start taking strike, too. If the, if the studios are like, hey, so we don't have the actors, we don't have the writers, but we're going to force the, the artists, the, the editors, the sound mixers, we're going to force them to do all this double-time work to finish these projects – without everyone else yeah i see them going on strike too i can see them saying nah we're done i could see them i could see that i can also you know i keep hearing of other industries aren't the ups driver drivers talking about going on it it's like then are then your amazon packages don't come i mean obviously not amazon in that regard but i mean i feel like this is a, a ton of these industries are way overworked right now and there is not compensated benefits for these times uh okay what is the what's the best case scenario in all of this? Like, let's say they start. Let's say this goes on another six weeks, and then things start hitting the ground running. When do we start seeing content again for next year? Because it doesn't happen this year. It all depends on how fast they can get moving and how how quickly they can get everything back into effect. Because I mean, most people don't realize that when a project is as soon as you like hit the wall you still have to pick it back up and redo everything you were doing so like 
like you said, you have to re reorganize scheduling, reorganize writers, directors, you got to reorganize the actors, you got to reorganize everyone's schedule. And if some of these actors had already prior commitments that are now in conflict with the current thing, what's going to give first? Okay. So tell me if let's... tomorrow the strike ends. Okay. If tomorrow the strike ends, Deadpool 3 wouldn't probably start refilming until like two, three weeks out because okay. of the halt. Sure. That's kind of what you're looking at. It's like no matter how far into it, nothing is going to pick back up the same day or the day after. Okay. Let's do worst case scenario. And let's say that that October date, the studios have already like decided we are going to lose. We're going to, we're going to cut off our arm. We're willing to lose this much blood and stuff like that. Let's say it goes to October, November. When do we see content for next year? End of next year? End of next year. Second half. Because most because... people don't realize how long the production process actually is. Uh, from when something is filmed to when something goes into post and when something goes further out. Um, no, uh, there's no way that a year turnaround is even feasible for some things. And isn't there a bottleneck where if everyone starts the same projects at the same time, won't people just not like the best DP is not going to be around to shoot the other project because... I got booked on super. I agreed to do Superman. I can't do your movie. Yeah. I mean, most people don't realize that a lot of actors, I mean, so the, the, I just forgot his name. The guy from Yellowstone, Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner, the whole, the whole issue with Kevin Costner and season five of Yellowstone had to do with his schedule because while he was filming one show, he had commitments to another show. And then because of those commitments to the first show, they weren't lining up. So we had to break one or the other. That is standard for pretty much everything in the industry. If you're a big enough person, you have your next six months broken up to like two, three week blocks. If you're in strike for six weeks and then everything that you lost for that six weeks saying, hey, we need to reorganize, but you have the next six months already booked out, that's a death sentence for projects. And that's, yeah, I... not, that's one person. Now look at that by everyone involved. I feel like this is why the actors went on strike because I felt like the, I think projects were moving forward and people didn't feel comfortable or didn't think the work was going to be good or didn't feel like it had that foundation. And I think that's why they eventually agreed to this. Not to mention, not mention hearing that they want all these people to lose their houses. Not only did they mention that they want to scan extras so they don't have to pay them anymore. I mean, that's some really scary stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's insane because when you look at the overall gravity of this industry and I, I i've said this a lot over the last few weeks and one of my biggest criticisms of of how the industry has been is that they're no longer allowing projects to breathe anymore if you looked at the last six weeks you've yeah. had six different movies drop every single week and with that movies have literally one week to make their money back or they die which is insane and that's not how it should be but um, studios are pushing these big ass projects out so quickly, so fast, so violently that everyone involved is getting whiplash. And do you th this, do you think Barbie makes more money the first time it gets released, or when they release it next spring in February when they release it again? Do you think it makes even double its money? But but that did the question is, would they even do that? Because each of these movies already have locked in theatrical windows. Digital streaming windows. They already have sales windows. And oh. then they, everything is all scheduled. So even if you said, okay, The Flash came out. It didn't do that great. It's going to be on streaming tomorrow. 
and then it's going to be in on home release in September. If they said, hey, we finished the CGI, we co- we dealt with all the complaints that were unjustified, and we're going to put it back into theaters in December, will anyone show up? Because no, they already no. have a physical copy. No. But that's the thing is that these, these corporations, because they're not even studios anymore, they're just straight up corporations, have a rigid schedule that's so tight and so ridiculous that if you don't make your lightning in a bottle jackpot right off the bat, that's it. I mean, even look at that lightning in a bottle with Guardians 3. Guardians already got announced today for its streaming date. It's early August. August 2nd. That's it's like two and a half weeks from now. That's a blink of an eye. And that movie was one of the bigger movies of the year. It is. And so I got a buddy on here, uh, Karen, I brought up, uh, just to say hi, uh, say that The Flash was immensely underrated and unfairly criticized. 100% it was. I'm going to see it on HBO Max in three weeks, probably. Yeah. Um, It was a great movie. I loved it. I loved everything about Michael Keaton coming back. I loved the plot was fantastic. There was so much heart in this movie that it was so ridiculous that people just shat on the movie for the fact that it existed. Mm. But unfortunately, that's the that's the violent nature of allowing the Internet to have more of a say than it should. But studios, that's what they're doing now is that they're they're listening to the internet and the internet is magically running. So I got a a text from my, my son. That's okay. That's okay. We'll (laughs) let you, we'll let you be daddy soon. Um, as a, you know, I feel competent in you and myself that we have fairly broad interests into the world of nerddom to continue having a conversation but a huge portion of of the content you produce goes away. Are you at all scared? Are you a little worried about the loss of traffic and things like that? I'm not. Mm. I'm not because I've always said it before. A lot of the reason why we do our show is because we love talking about this stuff. Um, we're not in it for the clicks. We're not in it for the the notoriety. Like if we were truly. Um, like in it for the money, then yeah, we would be terrified. But we each have day jobs and we each do our thing on top of this. Is this is our way of detoxing from the life that we have outside of this? I totally hear you. And you know, as I love, I love artistic adventures, and I have always enjoyed all of my fun projects. But man, it's it's a big relief that I get to eat dinner and I'm not worried about paying my bills right now because yeah. you know these fun things. It makes it very difficult to do free projects when you're worried about that stuff. And yeah. LA is already in a weird position. I don't know if the town can afford to have all of these new actors be waiters. You know, these it's going to be people are going to have to transition into different work. Yeah, it's going to be a very messy time. Yeah, and I'm 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 legitimately worried about it because this is the kind of shit that causes an industry collapse. And when one industry collapses, the entire industry that was holding up another industry also collapses. You know, it's a silly thing to say, but being an actor, you look, this is your punim, this is your thing. There's a lot of hairstylists and estheticians and makeup artists and costume consultants uh, and redway and runway coordinators. Like, whatever you think about those people, they've made a career in those things. None of that stuff happens. The people that work on the TV shows for all of these award shows, none of those things happen. So people are just not going to work and it's going to affect other industries. It's going to affect the grocery store when people buy less food at the grocery store. Yeah. 
it's it's really i think people have such a myopic view of how big hollywood is and what it actually entails because you said it yourself like with each movie if you watch any movie nowadays if you watch any marvel movie and you just watch the credits as they run for 10 minutes with thousands of names of people that do literally everything behind the scenes like oh I had no idea that Captain America needed to have four different hairdressers to make himself look like Captain America every second of that movie. But that's the reality of how it works. So when one person is out, everyone else is out. Uh, as we close this up, what are the rumblings of the CGI folks going on strike? Because I feel like they have demands. And if they're not at the table, I mean, if they walk away and animation goes away, is the is the industry dead in the water? Because even now, even without those the things you mentioned going on, I guarantee you there's still a dude sculpting Captain America's abs right now, and there's Probably. a guy working on Avengers. Um, uh, 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 what's his name? Kane the Conqueror stuff right now. I mean, real the way it's been working is that without whatever these people can do without having the actors or the writers, the industry is trying to get them to do. So whatever post-production work that can be done without these entities, that's still being worked on until these people say to hell with this, I'm done too. Mm. And I could see it happening very quickly, very quickly that the studio will, will have nobody. And that's when, that's when they lose the power and the power goes back to the people who should have had the power to begin with. When do you think the studios get desperate? When do you think do you, do you think we've even reached in, in, into any of that stuff? I mean, there's dirty politics happening and weird hit piece articles and stuff like that. And you're going to see more of that because people are going to get access and they're going to want to write the article so that they can get more access. But I don't know. It's going to get it's going to get dirty. It's very dirty as it is right now. You're going to see a lot of scabs coming out of the woodwork to work to do whatever they can to get in the industry, and that's a very dangerous place too, because in any time you hire a scab to do work that someone is striking for, that person is basically signed their own death sentence to never work in the industry after the talks are resolved. Right. So the the studios are going to get desperate and they're going to look at every other way to make it happen. And I could easily see the studios just say, hey, to hell with it. Let's just sink a bunch of money into AI right now. And then that's going to just ignite the flames even harder. Mm. So... I'm a little bit cynical on this one. But I think that the studios are going to be like a cornered, like a, like a, like a cornered tiger. They're just going to attack everything and they're going to bite their own paw off to get out of the, the trap, but they're not going to, not going to give up until they have nothing left. And it's going to be a very long, dirty battle. Well, I hope that you, I hope that you hear rumblings soon that conversations are going well, but I'm going to let you know. And I and I say, I've said this to you before. I don't think the strike's over today. I don't think the strike's going to be over tomorrow. I don't think the strike's going to be over this week. And then it's just more time. And I mean, look how far the writer's strike is going. Writer's strike is not even national news anymore. I feel like the actors had to go on strike just for people to remember like, oh yeah, we as an industry are asking for help right now. Yeah. Mm. It's something else, man. Well, I... 
wonder what we'll be talking about come Christmas time of this year. We'll be talking about how sad we were of that Marvel's movie. I know that's going to happen, but I wonder else what will be on the horizon because those projects are going to be few and far between. Well, I mean, last week you joked about we're going to have a show. We're just saying, look at all my stuff. We might <laughs> that might be a thing. <laughs> It'll be show and tell with Taylor this week. That's what it will be. No, um, honestly, we'll probably talk to other actors. A lot of people are on strike. We'll get their 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 thoughts, their feelings on it. Um, as long as it goes, we're going to find people to talk to. And we're going to have people to, to chime in about the unjust nature of how this, this once industry that was based on art and the expression of art has turned into the empire from Star Wars. So we're going to... I'm going to be that. I'm going to be excited to see what other industries. I wonder if there's going to be a resurgence in comic books. I wonder in if this will be a resurgence in, in video games and other platforms. And, you know, YouTube is already a huge place. So, you know, go support the content creators you yeah. like because they're going to need it more than ever. Yeah. I mean, go follow all of the actors and the writers and the people that you like and whatever they're currently working on, support them there. And if they're, if, if they're promoting it on socials, as they now have the SAG after rules saying that they what they can and can't promote, if they are promoting it, then that's something that they're allowed to promote. So support them there. Mm. Oh, it's gonna get bumpy, Taylor. I, 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 so I, I, you know, I mean, there's still content coming out and there's still trailers for stuff, but I don't know. It's gonna be real weird. I wonder if this, listen, the conversation for another day is what happens to, you know, we keep saying the superhero fatigue. What if we don't see anything for a year and a half on our, is that audience there or do we lose everybody? I don't know. I think what they're doing, what's going to happen is if we lose everything for a full year, we're going to have like all of the issues with the superhero fatigue and a fatigue of movies and everything. It's going to go away. It's going to be just like COVID. Once the movies yep. are allowed to go back into theaters, everyone's going to go no matter what it is. They're just going to want to be there. So it may cause a whiplash effect and it may just whiplash back even harder to supporting the things that we love. So we'll wow. see what happens. Mm. Well, everyone, if you want to support us here at the cultured nerd, head on over to that patreon.com slash the cultured nerd. We do appreciate you keeping the lights on. We are very happy to not have corporate overlords. Thank you to all of our wonderful Patreon supporters. Thank you for keeping the lights on. Thank you for keeping our bills low. And it's because of you that we are able to do this. We appreciate that so much. Taylor Murphy has been your host. I am your co-host, Michael Santel. If you have those cell phones, whip them out. Give that QR code a scan. Wrong button. Sorry. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> Follow, like, comment, subscribe. You know, uh, the content that you follow here, it'll still be coming, but it's going to be a little bit different. Hit Taylor up with what things you want to know about. Is it strike news? Is it other projects? Is it going to be all of the fun anime that we're going to be following now that everything from Western Hollywood goes away? Who knows? I have so many new shows I want to talk to you about. I'm so, yeah. sure you do. I'm sure you do. I've got uh, things I'm watching. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I'm Michael Santel. That's Taylor Murphy. We'll see all you kids and cats next time. Bye. Bye.